backstage with Mothership on Solid Rock Radio begins now. Hear the best in new music, artist interviews, stories from the road, and more. You are now backstage, and here's your host, Mothership. Welcome, everybody. I hope you're all well. My guests this week are friends, Sean Hypes and Brandon Osborne of the Van Dens. Let's not waste any time and jump right into the call. Okay, so I have Sean Hypes and Brandon Osborne of Dens. Hey guys! Hey, so we're all in all three in different locations. Um, well, Sean, your vocals, Brandon, your drums, right? Yes, ma'am. And yes. we met one time before at a concert. First time I got to see you guys, and uh, you were with Jason Wisdom of Death Therapy, and that was a fun night. It was yeah. a really fun night. That was a that was a really cool vibe and a really cool spot at that uh, studio. Was it Vegas Studio? Vegas. Yeah. 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 It almost felt like a secret show. I don't know if that was just, you know, because it was up on a hill, like at a cell tower spot, almost back in the woods. But it was yeah. a, that was a really cool time. Jason had, hadn't released his record yet, so we got to, like, sit and listen to the whole brand new Death Therapy record back in whatever year that was. It was only, like, two years ago. <laughs> Seems like, like forever. Ten years ago. Yeah. yeah, that was. That was neat. The Everybody first time else? that we had the uh, famous banana pudding as well. Oh, okay. I'd like to throw, I'd like to throw that in there because that was okay. awesome. Okay, so there is the banana pudding reference for the night. <laughs> <laughs> is there a limit on the number of references? No, no, there's not. I mean, we can. Okay. Uh, yeah, the the higher you score, the more you get next time. <laughs> so, how long has Dins been together? Oh man. Oh boy. Uh, Dins guys have been together for a long, long time. So Brandon, Josh, Josh, and myself, we played in bands that played together all through college. So think Josh Tomlinson and I have played together since we met in middle school. I mean, back in like 2000, actually. Then I think Waltman and I met in 2006 and started playing music then and then met Brandon shortly thereafter, toured around, um, you know, just playing shows in different bands. And then in 2010, the four of us you know, started playing uh, exclusively uh, with each other. We did worship stuff, and we did that till about 2016. And we just kind of felt like we wanted to get back into that. We were doing a lot of camps, and you know, when you go do a camp and you're leading worship, it's hard to do your own original stuff because no one knows it, you know. And you're yeah. supposed to be, you know, leading people in worship, and and so you're doing like the the mainstream stuff that's out there. And um, we just really wanted to get back to like just writing whatever we felt like writing. You know, I didn't want to be kind of pigeonholed into a into a s- specific genre. So we formed Dens. We transitioned, I guess, to Dens in in 2016, and then released our first record right around then um, from from Small Seeds Come Giant Trees, and then got hooked up with Face Down and came out with um, No Small Tempest in 2018. Yeah. So we've been playing together for a long time, but yeah. So D- Dens is about five years old. Okay. Well, uh, you're still with Face Down, right? We are. I should say the family at Face Down. They're uh, for real, just genuine, awesome people who just want to uh, really support their artists and, you know, give them a platform and a voice. They're very personable, very artist oriented, and they, they do everything that they can within their power to help you succeed. And it's it's been seriously a joy and a blessing to be on Face Down and have their support. I think we have felt for a while now this was kind of God's plan for at least our art and our music and our ministry. Yeah. I definitely feel like um, hooking up with, with Jason and the Face Down family, when, when, when we look back over the history of Dens, it's going to be one of those pivotal moments for us. Man, wouldn't it have changed a thing about it? Nope. 
the first time I met you, I thought for sure DINs was some sort of acronym. Have you come up with an acronym for it yet? <laughs> no, we just we just leave that up to everybody else. You know, make it what you want. They were like, is that like y'all's initials? Nope, not at all. We've been called Dan's. We've been called Dennis. We've been called Dents. Um, they were like, is it Dens or is it Dents? And we're like, well, one of us is Dens. But um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we've been called everything under the sun, but no, no acronym. That was actually kind of the point, have a name that meant something, but also kind of really meant nothing at the same time. We got it from Luke 9, where Jesus says that foxes have dens and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. We kind of just got it from that. And you see dens throughout, you know, Daniel and Lion's den, um, even the upper room with the disciples could be considered a den. It was short, sweet, simple. We went with that. I hated it at first. Just I yeah, think I've already been on the record. We hated it. <laughs> we have that on the record. Which is, also, which is also one of the reasons why we chose it. It's because Brandon <laughs> hated it. He was like, I hate it. We were like, that's it? Got it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. Brandon, brothers, if, Brandon, if Brandon ever approves anything, it doesn't happen. So. <laughs> So y'all just pick on each other all the time, don't you? No. One says no, the other says we do. <laughs> the one who gets picked on says we do, we do. <laughs> I give it back. I don't care. Okay. I know you do. Okay, so now we're going to fast forward. You put out this brand new album, like what, March 6th, 7th of 2020, called Taming Tongues. And yep. wah, wah, yeah. wah, the awesome pandemic time. hit. We knew, we knew it was coming. We just were like, got to get there before everything gets shut down. <laughs> yeah. We had this. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> that was interesting. We were actually touring that. We went and did Face Down Fest, uh, like the first one that they had had since, I think, like 2017. Um, yeah. So it had been a few years. And um, we were on the road with Convictions and War of Ages. Oh, and, wow. Um, and we were actually uh, just kind of doing, you know, that kind of Southwest hub, you know, Phoenix, L.A., San Diego, San Francisco kind of area. And then we jumped off in Tucson. We were coming back home and the you know, War of Ages and Convictions were, you know, they had a bunch of other dates lined up. And I think actually War of Ages was set to tour with Disciple soon after that. I think they made it one more date past uh, when we uh, left yeah. and that's when everything like got closed down shut down so yeah it was wild it's a story i'm, I'm gonna tell you what i mean <laughs> they were shutting down cities like on our coattails it was like you know we were in the san jose san francisco area and then it was like the next night we came back down south and then they were like shutting down san francisco on lockdown and we were on the road and we didn't know what to think you know what what's going on you know do we need to bail out and go home and it was a range of emotions because then we had you know people back home and worrying about them getting sick and stuff like that and what this thing was and it was for sure a very memorable experience that none of us will soon forget and all that i am extremely thankful because i mean we got to tour the record for two weeks mm -hmm. i mean we got to release it at face down fest which was yeah. huge and then you know play it for two weeks which uh, you know, a lot of other guys, um, even on our label, guys like Deathbreaker and Weathered and American Arson and everything in slow motion, you know, those guys didn't get to tour their record. You know, we at least got those two weeks, you know, super thankful for that. We've got families, we've got full time jobs. So, you know, we don't do two, three hundred dates a year. It's like we really didn't have anything planned after that. But um, but mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm just thankful for that time. And yeah, it I got a lot of great reviews. It was a little heavier 
would you say? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I think so. As, you know, w- when you go back, I mean, no one's really listened to like that, the worship stuff that we had done. But when you go from that to our From Small Seeds record, you really kind of, the From Small Seeds record is really kind of this finding ourselves kind of thing. There's a bunch of different sounds on that. And it was mm-hmm. just kind of some of what we were doing, some experimenting of what we wanted to do. And then, um, you know, No Small Tempest was kind of its own thing as well. It was a concept of the Book of Jonah. And so the music was kind of set to match the theme of each chapter in Jonah. And so with this, we had a concept. We really were only tied to like a word instead of like a, a huge overall theme. So, yeah, we, we definitely wanted to try some heavier things. There are some tracks on there that do get a little heavier. Mm-hmm. I'll say the visionary, at least behind, you know, the album concepts and stuff is our bass player, Josh Tomlinson. You know, the concept of taming tongues was our inability to communicate well things that we saw around us. And even sometimes our inability as, you know, just the four of us communicating together. We have breakdowns in communication and uh, the way we handle that as believers and and all that kind of stuff and the way, you know, Sometimes we don't handle things with grace. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I think that has still just kind of baffled us was the way that, you know, once this record came out and then everything that happened in 2020 and, you know, just the the pandemic, the political and cultural divides and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff that happened, the way that this album just like spoke to all these things. And we had, I mean, we had no idea that wasn't, you know, we we weren't like, you know, man, this is going to be like some prophetic uh, album or something. And I mean, I don't know. We don't necessarily view it that way, but it was crazy to us the way that felt like God convicted our own hearts about ourselves. And in mm-hmm. dealing with that internally, we were given the privilege, you know, really just just to communicate that uh, to the world through that record. And it's crazy even just going back to listen to the songs, because I think they still speak to us and they still mean something to us. And uh I always kind of find it funny when people are like, man, that speaks like so much to, you know, everything that's going on right now. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> that's the Bible. <laughs> like, like <laughs> you know, yeah, it's crazy, right? It's crazy how the Bible you know, speaks into our lives so well, <laughs> you know, that's new crazy. Thing. <laughs> I know it's just new. Yeah. <laughs> as far as like some of the heavier stuff. You know, we did try some screaming on this. I remember something that struck me when I heard Jeremiah from my epic talk about screaming within within their music was that they didn't do it just to do it. They did it because it, you know, it emphasized something or it was specific. And so that's kind of the approach that we took. So like in the song Foolish, the the lyricism is um, the picture that we draw, you know, kind of the metaphor that we use is, is a volcano erupting. And so it's like, you really wouldn't have Laura McElroy from Comrades and her beautiful voice, like singing, you know, that doesn't match that. And so we got Leroy from War of Ages, who's an incredible vocalist, to scream that with us. And, and it was just something different for us. So we took some risk on it and we liked it. If other people like it, that's great. If they don't, that's okay, too. Well, what does the writing process look like for you guys? Do you all get together or does somebody do the vocals and someone does the uh, lyrics or how does that work? So, yeah, the process for us, I didn't think it was unique. But when I tell other people about it, they think it's unique. So typically we'll come up, the four of us will will coalesce around like a theme um, or something that we're writing towards. And then um, Josh and I will get together and kind of come up with like musical structure. 
Josh Thomas. Yeah, we'll kind of come mm-hmm. up with the musical structure, the musical flow, you know, how we want each song to kind of sound and then, you know, transition in and out of one another. And then the four of us actually get together collectively and we write the lyrics together, um, all four of us. So usually the lyrics are the last thing to be written. Um, I'll usually have a melody just filled with a bunch of filler lyrics. And gobbledygook. We'll to, yeah, gobbledygook. <laughs> and then we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get together and kind of whiteboard it, kind of start with that main point, figure out the chorus, and then we work out, out from there. It's been kind of funny hearing how other bands write music because apparently like the actual full collective effort in a band is not a very common thing, which... Mm-hmm. I don't know why for us that's just the way that it works. There's a little bit of contention in there between us when we're writing stuff about doing different parts and even, you know, lyrics and melody and stuff like that. But I don't know why, but, you know, we just write the best when all four of us are involved instead of just, hey, this one person has the song idea and this whole song that's complete. Let's do this thing. I don't. That's just not for the way that we, that we work. I don't know if yeah. it would work if we didn't do it. Do you have somebody in the group that likes something heavier and someone likes something lighter? Oh, yeah. Balance I it mean, out? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, all of us have a pretty broad taste in music. Brandon loves banjo music, um, by the way. He just loves it. It's his thing. He's shaking his that head. That is not no the truth. Yeah, it's his thing. <laughs> I think if there was one of us that only listened to Celine Dion and that was it and nothing else ever, that would probably be a problem. But yeah. that doesn't seem to be a problem. We were okay. able to get Josh Tomlinson away from Celine a little bit, broad, broaden his. He moved on to Selena Gomez. Is what he did. Yeah, that's what he did. So <laughs> very interesting. You're listening to Backstage with Mothership on Solid Rock Radio. Check us out on Facebook at I'm with Mothership. Now for my second segment with Sean Hypes and Brandon Osborne of the band Dens. So you had this Taming Tongues that came out and then the pandemic hit and then you're like sitting around and how in the world did the idea of figuring out your tongues have been tamed? (laughs) So that was actually an idea that we had been planning for even before uh, Uh the pandemic happened. You know, I I read somewhere once that, you know, a, a truly good song should be able to be broken down to its simplest form and still be able to be translated, you know, still be able to put into a medium and be playable. And so, you know, these songs started out on the acoustic and then transitioned as we added more instruments. So we just kind of reverse engineered them and took them back down. And then since we had the time, we just kind of played around with some different kind of styles with some songs. And and yeah, so we just kind of took the rest of 2020 and made that happen. I think one of the things that really like stuck out to us probably mid 2020 or, you know, let's just say fall 2020, it became even more apparent that this record that we wrote, the message of the record just seemed to transcend even maybe what we initially intended and even beyond the meetings that we intended. You know, people were telling us they were getting out of it. That's the Lord all the way, you know, doing that work and speaking to people the way that he wants to through the music. But like one of the things that we really thought about when we really considered doing this tame tongues you know, this acoustic reimagining of Taming Tongues was that, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for the message of the record to reach some ears that wouldn't like rock music. And it wasn't that we were just trying to like cater to a different audience. You know, we were already, as Sean said, we were already kind of looking to to do this because it was just this simple organic thing that we built to write Taming Tongues to begin with. And then you know, having the opportunity to do this acoustic reimagined version, we just thought if this message is important, 
that maybe God will use it to speak to some other people that would never listen to the heavier rock version of Den. But if you ever listen, I don't think there's anybody that considers us heavy. Well, that's <laughs> there true. Might, that's there, also might, true. there might be like that's, a, that's relative to your audience, right? Uh, that's true. That's yeah. true. My mom yeah. might, but um, <laughs> you know, I don't. You know, I, I don't think. I the, think no you're rabbit. CCM. Yeah, m- yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe so. <laughs> you're a little bit heavier than that. I thought, <laughs> foolish, I thought foolish could get on Caleb. You think so? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Leroy would love that. He would love that yeah. spot. <laughs> so that was released April 30th, so we just got that out. It seems like, though, you're having a good response so far. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. surprised by it, to be honest with you. Even some reviews that have been done on it that hold it in the same esteem as they did Taming Tongues. That's you know, blown my mind. And that's been really um, awesome. What came to my mind was the Demon Hunter uh, acoustic. It, it, it gave I me never that same, even thought about that. It gave me that same feeling of, of them, you know, deconstructing down to the basics. And people who normally would never hear Demon Hunter lyrics hear how deep the poetry is. And I'm like, it is. It's a great opportunity for your audience and to increase your audience into maybe a different uh, group of people that never would have heard it before. Yeah, definitely. And for us, I know, and I'm not saying a lot of bands don't do this, but like, for us, the ministry aspect of what we do, we've always been kind of hyper-focused on the lyrics and making sure that what we're communicating is is gospel-centered at the end of the day, that it's pointing people to Jesus. That should, it, it's just always been super important to us. And you're right, I think doing the tamed version of this has really kind of been able to give that message and the intended lyricism even more room to, to speak mm-hmm. to people. So. And gave Sean a chance to show off his vocals. I tell you, I tell you what, yeah, I know, I know, and I know he's gonna, yeah, there it is. I, you know what, I tell you what, he really did an incredible job on this, uh, on the acoustic record, and I completely agree with you that it does showcase his vocals. I'm not sure what this says, and I don't know that I should admit this or not, but I spent more time working on the vocals for Taming Tongues than I did working on it for Tame Tongues. He's A just lot that of the good. Team, no, it, that's not what it is. Um, See, I got a new program. I got a new program that fixes everything. (laughs) It just it just makes it. (laughs) Well, it it really does showcase your voice, and it is a lovely voice. Well, I I appreciate that. Thank you. That is that's a humbling thing. Thank you. I watched one of the videos, and it had this "Oh brother, where art thou?" vibe. Tell oh, you picked up on video. that. Uh, yes. It was like so <laughs> obvious to me. So like the original version for two, I think we were riding around one day. We were like, you know, it'd be really funny is if we did a music video, like a Western music video for two. It's like I could just see Josh Thompson in like a cowboy hat, like boots and well, spurs and things like that. Because kind of, of the writing of the record, when found out that he had written the lyrics, I'm a California wildfire in need of your grace. And we were like, oh, yeah. What? I didn't know that he had. You're a what? I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that that's what it was. Like he he did a demo, and I couldn't understand what he was saying. And then we went to write the lyrics, and I was like, "I'm a California wildfire." Like I just thought it was cool because it was like a big word that he was like, <laughs> you know, he's using big words. Yeah, so that was funny. So that kind of got us like on this like kind of Western kick with it. And then um, we were planning the music video for two because like the music just kind of had like this Johnny Cash kind of feel like this stomp and chains thing. So mm-hmm. so we went with that. And then um, I think I called Josh on the phone one day and I was like, hey, what if we did like a Oh Brother, We're Out Thou 
spoof because that's Josh Waltman's like one of his favorite movies. I was like, what if we just did like a spoof of that? It's loosely related. You know, it's this kind of redemption and this back and forth between wanting to do the right thing, but sometimes not doing the right thing. You're like, let's go have some fun with it. And that's what we did. Like for real, when we shot that, it was so cold outside. It was like January. So cold. Snow on the ground. So like Danville, Virginia. What's really funny about us shooting music videos. So we shot a music video for our song Dead Rise, which is from uh, the No Small Tempest EP. Well, I was like, hey, like I kind of want to make this like look cold because it's by a boat. Right. I kind of want to make this like look like kind of cold northwestern, you know, like like crab fisherman type thing. Except we went to film it in uh, in Manio in the Outer Banks. And it was literally like 95 degrees and the, it was like 6,000 percent humidity. <laughs> and so we're all sweating. Right. But it's really funny because it looks like it's raining. but It's not. I'm going yeah, back have, to watch this now. <laughs> yeah, because we put coats on. We put like raincoats on and everything and played. But we're you all can see me about to have a heart attack of, in the back. <laughs> it's because we're sweating. So we're like, hey, we have to make this really warm climate look cold. And so then the two video was the opposite of that. We're like, hey. We need to make this really cold climate look warm. So, like, none of us are wearing a jacket or anything. <laughs> it's like 30 We're degrees. hiding it thermals is, underneath our clothes and stuff. It, it, just, it, it just snowed the night before. I thought the weekend was going to be ruined because it was like six inches of snow. We can't make this look like look like Louisiana in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to work. That typically happens. I remember talking with the girls from GFM. They were trying to film their uh, Christmas video and they were burning up. <laughs> That's how it goes. That's one thing as an artist that is always like, you have to be ahead of when you're wanting to release things. And it's, By it, a it's long just, time. Yeah, and so this just came out April 30th. When did we finish this? Yeah, we of finished what, the whole... What century? Uh, because uh, time is standing still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we finished recording Tamed Tongues in December of 2020. That's right. And then we had you know three months to get music videos for that. And yeah. actually, it's really funny we're releasing more video content for this record than we have for any record. We've still got two or three more videos coming out over the next few weeks. This is exciting news. What calms you down when you're stressed? Brandon first. Oh, Oh. so this is going to sound like the most musician answer ever, but believe it or not, playing the drums. I have really bad ADHD since I was real little. And so the, the drums has always been like an outlet for me. And it's also like one of the times that like, I feel like my head is the most clear and I can focus the most. Cause it's like my brain's all over the place 24 hours a day. But then when I'm playing drums, it's like my brain focuses on the one thing and it's just, it's like my serene thing, even though I'm hitting things really hard and probably look like I'm dying. Cause I'm just wailing on something. It's good for me when I'm stressed. I think I'm onto something here because just about every drummer I know is ADHD. <laughs> medicine to you guys it, it's like one of the what do you what do they call those rooms where you go and like take a sledgehammer to everything in the room you like pay to do that that's what it's like love it yeah you should look at his sticks after that his sticks are like crying yeah let's see what so, are you vic for i am believe it or not 5B? I switch that. yeah extreme 5b how about that for guessing <laughs> that's pretty good because i don't think i knew that you collect drumsticks don't you i collect drumsticks uh-huh. I sure do. Did I, I think I may have gotten one of yours. I'll go fish it back out. <laughs> if I don't have one, I'll message it. You can mail me one. I will do it. At I that, thought I remembered the, that. 
Yeah, at the show the other day, I asked uh, I asked for a now drumstick. That is, that is an exciting statement right there. I was at a show the other day. That is yes, awesome. That is exciting. Yes. <laughs> but uh, Dylan from uh, Relentless Flood, I couldn't remember I had one. I said, you, "Did you break a stick?" Because you know the broken ones are like the baby's breath in my my vase of drumsticks. And uh, he said he didn't break one, but he had one beaten up. And so I took it. And then Josh Bramlett starts talking trash. And he's like, you're going to have to get a bigger house if you get any more drumsticks. Because <laughs> they, they've been to the house and they've been through the drumsticks. So I was like, shut up, Josh. <laughs> I bet you have a million of them. Don't you have a Matthew Griner, a Matt Griner yeah, drumstick? I do. I do. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You're going to have to put that one in the glass I case when Brandon comes over. <laughs> oh, I almost have every one of them that are on my bucket list. I've got awesome. a few more. Backstage with Mothership returns after this. Our Performance Service Family is a Solid Rock Radio business ministry partner who offers turnkey e-commerce website design, marketing, and converged technology consulting. Online at outperformancemarketing.com. Now, Sean Hypes is going to tell us what calms him down when he's stressed. My answer to your question is it's a bad answer, but it's the truth. The only thing that really helps me other than like a breathing exercise would be <laughs> control and time. Mm. That's it. And time happens slowly. That doesn't help with anxiety or stress. And control when you're 30,000 feet flying from one side of the country to the other, you are out of control. And that bothers me. So I don't like flying. But yeah, I mean, you know, the guys could tell you some stories. They probably wouldn't tell you stories because I wouldn't let them tell you stories. <laughs> um, but yeah, Foolish was really kind of written for me. The guys wrote it for <laughs> me. That's something I struggle with is I'll either lash out or say something I shouldn't say when I'm stressed or when I'm faced with a situation that gets my anxiety going, I kind of go into that fight or flight mode, you know, okay. and it's hard. It's hard to control. So you kind of panic. Now, what makes you feel like you have control? What thing or things? Knowledge. I do all of our setup. I know all of our production stuff. Like that's me. You know, mm -hmm. I have control over that. I would be freaked out going on stage to play a show. Right. But the mm -hmm. more control that I've got over that, and I'm not saying these are good things, but it's just how it works. The more control that I have over knowing, you know, what my in-ear mix is going to be or, you know, how my guitar is set up. You know, I know that Brandon has the tracks patched to the to the main soundboard and the sound guy's not asleep at the wheel back there. <laughs> we, when we went out with War of Ages, they had a guy with them and we paid that guy to run our sound because mm -hmm. I just knew. Shout out Nolan. Yep. Shout out to Nolan. I actually might name my son Nolan now because of it. Um, oh my not, not not my eight-year-old son, but my unborn son. I'm not going to rename my son. But I don't know. Nolan was pretty impressive. I will say that. Um, so maybe it could happen. But anyways, so yeah, like we actually paid him to do it because like I just knew at that point it was going to be done. And so that gave me a little bit more peace. And to Sean's credit, Sean is actually the one that did all the production and engineering on both Taming Tongues and Tamed Tongues. And Sean actually mixed Tamed Tongues. We want to. It's 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 about control. That's what it is. You were right, Cindy. I just didn't want to admit it. Uh, <laughs> I'm a pastor at our church, right? And I could have given you like the Jesus answer, and of course that is part of all of this. But you know, really, my ability to retain knowledge, you know, especially as I get older is probably not going to be good. Um, it's not good now. And so, you know, you can't rely on that. 
right? All of those things I'm relying on myself for, and I'm never going to have full control. I'm never going to have complete knowledge, and I'm never going to have time. I have to learn to work through all of that and really put my faith in God. And my problem a lot of times is I'm like, God does not care whether I screw up at this show or not. So I'm probably going to screw up because he just don't care. You know, and that's you know not what? and that's not true either. But you yeah, know, the voice in the back of my head. Thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it is. And what's funny that you say that is like every time that we feel like we played like the worst show ever, like all right, this one sucked even more than that one other time that we played. <laughs> but then there's always like somebody that comes up to us afterward, and they're like, you know what, your music really spoke to me and ministered to me. And then we end up talking to them, and we get to pray with them and just minister to them. And it was like, you know what? That's why we were here. Like God, God sent us here for this one person in this crowd of people. And that's what it was about. It wasn't about how well we played. It wasn't about how well technology worked or whatever. Like it was about God pursuing that one person. And, you know, who are we to stand in the way of that by thinking that we can control everything? It's the Holy Spirit filter. Yeah. <laughs> it, it filters exactly. on yeah. bad, everything bad and it just turns it to good. And I have no yeah. idea how it does that. <laughs> And that's a fine art to accept someone telling you that changed my life or that was the best concert. That's a difficult thing to do. You want to say, oh, oh, well, you know, the, the in-ears weren't right or the my cymbal crack. Right. And yeah. by doing that, we diminish the person's experience. Mm. You know, we just need to learn to accept yeah. what their experience was and how it, it helped them. And that was something I had a hard time learning. I occasionally do solos and wanted to always say things like, oh, my voice was raspy or I didn't hit that note or whatever. It diminishes somebody's joy that they got listening to it. So I just learned how to keep my mouth shut and just yeah, accept that, it, you know? That's totally me. That's totally me. That's why mm. when anybody comes up and says that, the guys just push me to the back so I don't <laughs> say anything. It's like, don't ruin this. <laughs> we had one guy I'll never forget this this was kind of funny we had one guy come up to us it was a show where we actually had to stop a song in the middle of the song because like I think it was my fault thinking about all these other things except what I should be thinking about which is actually like playing and singing the song correctly um, and so we had to stop and, and restart it and the guy was like you know what I really appreciated how you guys like were able like to do that he was like now if it would have happened again that's a different story but I'm, <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you guys like got it together restarted it and it was great after that i was mm -hmm. like okay well i appreciate that yeah how <laughs> you, you handled it was a witness you know thank you for that one chance that we had from you we don't get second chances <laughs> with jeff just single chances <laughs> oh we're almost out of time but i was going to ask what's next I and mean, we know we got some videos coming out anything else that i missed are you starting to think about a tour I will say we are working on some shows. We're still kind of like everybody else trying to figure out what that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, we do have some stuff that we're planning on for the fall. We have started working on something. Um, I don't know when that will be, but it's big for us. And um, we're just kind of changing some things up a bit and, and seeing what happens. So, okay. yeah. I think 2020 really made us realize that we had really come to grow with each other in the community, in the music community. And to not have that in 2020, I think, you know, be around people and to just share life with people. Um, and, and, you know, I think we maybe took that for granted a little bit. We're really looking forward to that coming back. We're trying to come to states and cities that we have never been to before. We've been hearing those people that have been begging us to come to these certain places. And so we're trying to make that happen. Um, you know, we're aiming for the fall, but we're just trying to, you know, be mindful of everything that's going on and, um, you know, just trying to do what's best uh, for everybody. But we are going to get out there for sure. 
And so we're excited for that. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to even, you know, be on here and talk about any of these things, uh, just supporting that to us. Yeah, we love you and everything that you do and the way that you support the music community, because to have support and people that actually care and know that, you know, they got your back in prayer, they're thinking about you and just even taking care of your needs when you're on the road, like that's huge. And I know that's a that's a big place in your heart and why you do the things that you do as a ministry. And so... I don't know if enough people recognize you for that, but thank you. It it, it seriously means a lot. Oh, thank you very much. Well, I love most, doing it because definitely. I think I get blessed more than you guys do. So that's my secret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we go, real quick, your favorite road snacks. Brandon. Uh, combos. Pizza okay. combos. All right. Sean. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Chick-fil-A. It's breakfast. It's brunch. It's lunch. It's dinner. It's dinner. It's a snack. Chick-fil-A. Anytime, every time. Okay, so what is your stance on the fact that Chick-fil-A is limiting the sauces? They'll get it together. Pizza. I mean, I mean, come on, Cindy. Look what they did with look what they revolutionized the drive-through. Okay, they revolutionized it. You know, so yeah. I'm I'm no, I'm not worried about it at all. Hold on, hold on, Sean. What level status are you in the Chick-fil-A one app? What what, what is that? And then like the signature uh, that they just came out with. Yeah, it's, I don't even think they have a, a tier for that yet. I think it's just Sean status. The the amount of points that he have is just obscene. Yeah, what I have do a lot. You get of with points. the points. You get more you get sauce food. packets. No, no, I could probably I could get some more sauce packets Chick Fil A, especially where I live, just because they know me, which is which is sad. But <laughs> it's literally like you know, like the old diner where like everybody like knew you, right? Yeah. That that's what my local Chick Fil A is to me. He's not. He's not kidding. Everybody I'm not. They know me. I can feel that. Yep. I, I I feel that that is true. Shout out to Sam. Shout out to Wayne at the Chester Chick Fil A. So. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I appreciate you guys. Thank, Thank you, Cindy. We appreciate you. We appreciate you, and y'all have a a great week. And uh, hope to see you out there on the road sometime. Definitely. You will. All right. I'm hoping we come south this fall. We are. I'm making Amen. it happen. Brandon's making it happen. Making the magic happen. (laughs) You've got his word. (laughs) Okay. Well, good night, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening tonight. Stay tuned for more great music all night long. Be sure to check out my I'm With Mothership Facebook page and Solid Rock Radio's website. Follow the link under Shows to Backstage With Mothership, which will have the links to my guests' social media accounts. This show will be replayed at 4 a.m. Eastern Time. Past interviews available on podcast.solidrockradio.org, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Pandora platforms. And remember this week, be kind to one another.